Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the 17th edition of the School Improvement Services podcast. My name is Gretchen Bruner. I'm the Executive Director of School Improvement Services. And with me again is Sean Aker, our Student Success Coordinator. And we're going to start today with some updates from Sean. Yeah. Thank you, Gretchen. I appreciate that. Um, We are working hard to get our events set for the next few months. Actually, we're even looking ahead at next fall, really thinking about what's working well this year for our partners Mm -hmm. and how we can uh, put that out there uh, in the spring uh, for next year. So uh, we have updated our website. Many of you may be aware. And so instead of putting a link to our most recent mail campaign, which uh, typically will go out tomorrow, but with winter break, we're probably going to delay it until next Tuesday. Just that's when everybody's going to be back. <clears throat> but instead, we put a link to our um, to our website, and so you can see all of the professional development on our website with that link. And I'll just run through for those of you who may be listening while driving. I'll run through <laughs> some of the upcoming events here in the next uh, month or a little over a month. Uh, actually, even going to the end of February. But starting with the stuff that's coming up, the the soonest we've got um, some upcoming job alike meetings on january 10th the school counselor job alike meeting or mm-hmm. jam uh, on january 11th we've got the assistant principal slash small secondary admin slash dean of student jam <laughs> uh, that repeats mm. now on the second thursday of the month so that's a just a shift because again some of our folks are still out on break and so we shifted that one uh, the elementary principal jam is being rescheduled based on participant feedback. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great feedback from the folks who uh, attended last month, and uh, we just need to make a small shift based on their input. So you've mentioned the differences in break a couple of times. And, oh yeah, and, yeah. And it was definitely noticed here at the ESD yeah, because yeah. ours was shifted, and some <laughs> districts were later, and all of those pieces. Um, and I think it's going to be even more funky next year because similar the. Um, the holidays land on a Wednesday and a Wednesday. Yeah. So it might be a little bit of fun- funkiness next year as well. Um, yeah, we'll see but how it goes. It worked. We're through, and we're. Through. we're yeah. uh, it's actually nice to be back before some of you are, so we can we can be ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, I think nine of our districts came back this week, mm-hmm. and the rest come back next week. Yeah. So not quite an even split, no. but uh, a lot on both sides. Yeah, so. definitely different. Yeah. Uh, so coming up towards the end of the month, we have a two-day workshop. Uh, this has definitely been called out by the region or requested by the region, collaborative problem solving. It's CPS, it's tier two. And that it's essentially full. I'm just identifying it again in case you are someone who has completed the tier one training. Mm -hmm. That's a required component in order to attend the tier two training. Uh, the, the focus there is rethinking challenging behaviors and plan for interventions in complex situations. Mm-hmm. And we're very likely to repeat this again next year. The feedback's been great. The participation's been uh, pretty robust. And so uh, as soon as we get that solidified, again, we'll, we're going to try to put out as much of uh, our professional development this spring as we can. On January 30th, January 31st and February 1st, we are hosting an in-person science curriculum fair. And so we're gonna have a lot of vendors. We're using all four of our professional development spaces. So that's in the Mm -hmm. green entrance uh, here in Salem at the Marion Center campus. And uh, again, you'll be able to come and speak with vendors. You'll be Mm -hmm. able to look at the curriculum. Uh, Our team is gonna be on hand to answer some questions, but really it's about your opportunity those folks who are looking at the science curriculum adoption to come in and speak with the vendors and ask a lot of those questions. Um, and if you can't attend on either one of those days, which I, I need to point out, 
I believe it is January 31st is an evening opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's after normal working hours, so you wouldn't have to miss classes. Um, but if you cannot attend our uh, in-person adoption fair, then ODE is hosting a virtual caravan, and we've put the link in the, in the uh, court notes here so that uh, you can register for those. Then on February 9th, we have our second ninth grade on track, or nine got community of practice. Nine got is on the sixth. The cell is on the ninth. Yes. Nine got is on the sixth. Yes, ninth right. grade on track. Yeah. Okay. Um, now that's in collaboration with our partners from the Center for High School Success. Mm -hmm. We had uh, nine team, 11 teams register from 11 districts. We had uh, nine teams uh, be able to attend, Great. and all 11 teams that registered are seeking follow-up support. And so we've, we're working on scheduling those. And so if you're listening to this and you're on one of your ninth grade on track teams in one of those districts that attended, mm -hmm. um, we'll be uh, we're finalizing uh, who's going to be going to which district and we'll be reaching out to you. If districts didn't attend, can they join? Can they still they, join? They can join. Um, we are looking at what that's going to look like because there's mm -hmm. two more opportunities. And again, it's really about moving ahead to next year. What right. does that look like? And getting this going sooner. So we want to have um, either an August kickoff date, which, which would be phenomenal, but we also know that not everybody's available in August, mm -hmm. or late September, early October kickoff. Not necessarily on the um, state in-service day. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be a different day than that. Which is a different day for everybody too now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so on, the, on February 9th, that is the next Oregon Cell Standards Framework Training. Mm -hmm. The feedback from that one, the one we did in the fall, actually on statewide in-service, was outstanding. Yeah. Um, our team that does that, I, I'm not going to name a particular person because I know I'll miss somebody who was there. I, I will just say the feedback was so outstanding. It, it just made me so happy that we're able to provide such an awesome training and such an awesome opportunity for our partner districts. So. I got to attend um, because I was around at all the things that were going on. I got to attend a portion and it was it was hard to leave. Yeah. Um, I was enjoying it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. It, you, you know, our team puts those practices into place, you know, into mm -hmm. play. They, it's not like they just say, okay, this is what we think you should do. Mm -hmm. They practice, like while people are there, while they're participating and asking questions, they're using the strategies. They're mm -hmm. staying curious. Mm -hmm. They're asking those modeling. probing questions. And that, exactly, Gretchen, they're modeling it. Mm -hmm. And it's just so wonderful to see. And we get to collaborate with them every day. So yeah. uh, moving into the middle of the month on um, – February 13th, this is School Safety Summit. There are already 50 people registered for that day. Uh, the event, it's it will fill up. Um, yeah, I think, those are really powerful as well. Yeah, I think Good the capacity on that one's around 75, mm -hmm. so there's still some space, but we know that one will very likely fill up and, and get to capacity. It'll be an awesome day. Um, school Safety Summit is really around school-wide safety and prevention and mental health. Mm -hmm. So um, it encompasses, it includes a lot of our partners uh, from across the region, mental health and behavior partners, our community partners and things like that. So it'll be an awesome day. Uh, Envoy training is coming back on February 15th. We get a lot of good feedback from that. Mm -hmm. uh, we partner with Michael Grinder and his associates at Envoy and they come in and they do that training. And so that one, I think, is pretty close to full, but there is still room. So if you have teachers who are looking for um, nonverbal classroom management techniques, it's a great opportunity for them. Uh, and then jumping to the end of the month on February 29th is the, is the first regular attender community of practice for 
this school year. And, and we're going to have three, and the focus is going to be really planning for next year. Mm-hmm. So I, we know that chronic absenteeism is an issue, and we'll talk about ways that it can be addressed right now. But the big, the, the big emphasis is going to be on looking at your systems, evaluating what's in place, and then making adjustments now so that when you start school next year, you're in a better place than you were at the beginning of this year, perhaps. Yep. So preemptive. Uh, yeah. So you can register for that now. Um, uh, spots are open. I th- the last I checked, we already have eight different districts that are great. registered for that one. So that'll be a great day. And again, that one's with our partners from Attendance Works. So they're going to we've got experts helping us out in this work. And then the last thing, Gretchen, that I'll mention is around our Youth Truth Culture and Climate Surveys. Mm-hmm. So um, we've had as many as 16 districts express interest and more or less sign the paperwork to move forward with that. Uh, last year, we had 12 districts uh, collect survey mm-hmm. data. And so uh, this year, we'll see how many districts officially collect the information. We're look, it looks like it's going to be around 14, which is just excellent. And if you're not if, if you're not sure what the Youth Truth data is or that survey, um, this this service, the Youth Truth Culture and Climate Surveys, they um, they elevate student voice and offer great information in aggregate and disaggregated form. They also allow a district or a school to compare student data regionally, across the mm-hmm. state, and nationally. Right. And again, it's it's aggregate, or so you can go by grade level, you can go by uh, grade band, you know, mm-hmm. uh, early early elementary, upper elementary, middle school, high school, um, or you can uh, look at demographics. How are uh, maybe my students um, uh, who identify as um, Hispanic, how are they doing compared to others? My mm-hmm. um, students who identify as Native American, how are they doing to other Native American students across these uh, other groups? So it's an awesome opportunity. Um, and there are many of our districts are also, they've opted into the staff and parent survey options as well. Mm-hmm. So those are also available. Now, it is too late to join this year's survey window, but we are already seeking interest for 2025. So if you're a district that may not be using this, the climate Mm -hmm. surveys for students, staff, and parents, and you're interested in looking at that or learning more about that, just reach out to me and uh, we can get you we can get you the information so you can look at it. And they're based on calendar year, they're not based a school on, year. So right. when Sean's saying 2025, that's so correct. 2024 that's correct. versus, yeah. Yes, our implementation window is February, which is why I mention mm-hmm. it. So the, with our regional approach to mm-hmm. this, um, every, all of our districts survey their students at the same time within that February mm-hmm. window. We chose February because it doesn't, it doesn't uh, push up too close to um, spring break. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't overlap with state testing at right. all. So it gives us a better opportunity. Now, another point on this, the research indicates that if you were to survey students in the fall versus surveying students in the spring, mm-hmm. there is no uh, statistical significance in, in the change there. The, what, what they do see a change in uh, longitudinally over time is when you survey your, your students, your staff, your parents mm-hmm. at the same time every year, that's when you have... Uh, see the gains or losses changes I should Mm -hmm. say and so uh, knowing that if if you're if you typically survey students around this time of year or sometime in the spring a couple of months may not make the difference and so if you want to consider joining this cohort um, we're looking at uh, funding but right now it's covered next year so um, this is a great opportunity Mm -hmm. for all of our partner districts um, who may be 
looking at this who don't already have comprehensive school climate surveys that can give this type of data. So perfect. That's Thank what you. I've got, Gretchen. That was a lot, but I think we're still. I'm going to add time here. one thing. We do have the, the next curriculum adoption is going to be the health adoption. Oh yeah. And yeah. there's there's a lot around that one for districts, yep. and so um, I just we wanted to make sure that you knew that we are. Um, gathering information and and working on a number of things one of the things that's going to come up is we're going to be looking for health teachers who are interested in sharing and developing units and lessons um, and creating kind of a canvas in the canvas system um, lessons to share out with other teachers we have phenomenal health teachers across our region um, and some of them are nervous about some of the topics. And so supporting each other and really going with, um, with that uh, is uh, coming up. And we have some funding to help uh, to give a little bit of incentive, not just an incentive, just a little thank you to the teachers who are willing to do this work. And so we have a, some grant funding that came um, to us. And so more to come on that. I just wanted to, to mention it um, as we're putting that together and starting to um, gather some teachers. Um, you can start to put that in your brain and think about it. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, They're great. exciting work. So ODE. I saw a lot of emails come through. Uh, so many. Yeah, right at the end, uh, right before winter break started. Yes. And then, uh, even during winter break, I saw several yeah. come through. So. Um, and some are repeats, some are some new. Um, just a reminder, and I'm sure that all districts are aware of this, uh, but your early literacy success uh, school district grant application is due January 8th. The window's open now. Uh, I know a lot of districts uh, worked in some of our sessions, in our work sessions, and it was fabulous. And so um, get your copy and pasting done. Um, I hope you didn't not work, didn't have to work on them all over your break, um, but please uh, work to get those in. Um, on time. Um, they can backdate. You can backdate expenditures to October 1st, which is excellent. And the board minutes can be submitted through February 28th of this year. So just so you know, you have a little bit of time on that. Any questions? I've also included the email, the ODE email for some questions on that as well. Um, as far as assessment and accountability, uh, don't forget about your district assessment inventory. Um, it This is um, ODE information gathering. Uh, they're having some office hours Friday, January 12th, Friday, January 19th, and Friday, January 26th. And I've listed those in the notes. Uh, the district assessment inventory must be completed by 5 p.m. on January 26th. So make sure you're in contact with ODE, their team, if you have any questions, um, anything of that nature. Also, the future K and grade K screener windows are going to be in January, so are, are now, and I have the dates when they're opening. Um, the future K and grade K window will vary slightly from what's described in the screener updates, so be wary of that. Um, they're open through uh, January 8th. The K, um, the grade K screener opens January 9th along with the ELPA summative um, and there's no other changes in screeners windows. Um, I've attached the assessment and accountability, the whole email there. So if you want to go in and kind of dig into that for specific information for you or contact ODE, uh, please do, but be aware of some of those changes. Um, there's still the draft of the Oregon's Computer Science Education Statewide Implementation Plan, um, and there's a um, 
an email with the survey information if you'd like to be a part of that. So jump on in. That is a that's a recap. I I I heard a podcast. <laughs> I'm always about the podcast. I cannot remember which one. I will see if I can identify it and put it in the notes. It spoke about uh, our math, the way that our and, and actually some folks who are who have been to some of our math PD may have already heard this. Mm-hmm. So this might be a repeat. Our math design in our secondary systems mm-hmm. is designed was designed back when we were uh, looking at the space race mm-hmm. back in the 50s and 60s, and now we have computers to do that, mm-hmm. right? And so now, it, uh, really, what we might need to be looking at more is around the computer science, the coding, the telling computers what mm-hmm. to do, right, and and keeping that control there. So, pretty interesting, you Very know, the shift. So, yeah, folks that are interested in that and looking at new and inventive ways to do math could right. really benefit. Um, you know, you're looking at ways to maybe shift the whole system might be really interested in digging into that for sure for yeah. sure uh, and with all of the ai going on and yes. the, the information that od has been sharing about ai it's mm-hmm. it's all very fascinating so it's where um, we are it's the age years ago lots of years ago um when i was a student at western the class i i ended up with one math class for my major which was great for me lots of language lots of other things and one math class and it was it was a computer math class together. It was oh. a combined uh, math class, and it was fascinating. Um, and that was, I won't date. A couple years ago. Uh, just a few. I think yeah. I think we're at about 20. And uh, it was super interesting, and so I cannot even imagine what it's like now, yeah. right? Because 20 years ago, it was interesting and fascinating to figure out how the computer could do those pieces, mm-hmm. and you could put things together so yeah. much more now. So, Well, uh, you know, not to get too far down the rabbit hole in this. But when I think about like my job and my, you know, kind of how my brain works, I was a math teacher. Mm -hmm. I never got past basic math. I mean, I did pre-calculus, I think was the highest math I ever got to. But what it really comes down to in my role is really understanding what we're trying to collect Mm -hmm. and how we're trying to present it. Mm -hmm. And if it means talking with somebody or programming a system myself Mm -hmm. to do that, that's where my skill set is. Using the tools that you have to get Using the the tools Mm -hmm. to get the information I need. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, when we talk about that computer science, that's really Mm -hmm. a big part of what we're talking about. And that's really applicable uh, across many content areas. Mm -hmm. I was a social studies teacher, um, and we talked a lot about gathering all of your information. Not when I was taught history, um, I was taught to memorize all the facts and memorize all the dates. Yeah. Um, as a history teacher, I wanted students to understand what was happening at the same time. I didn't care if they knew the same dates because they could look that up, yeah. right? And talk about yeah. how all of those things interacted. And so same kind of thing, use the tools, right? Use mm-hmm. the tools to, to put the information together. And so um, whole new whole new way. We could have a whole different podcast, just a whole different episode just on the computer science, just on the... Mm. The, the future of education. Who could we find? Uh, there's we, a couple well, people. Okay, there's if you have lots. suggestions anywhere, yeah, anybody in. out there, yeah. Mom, if you've got an idea, you just let me know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I so appreciate that. I wish my mom could see that. She would love it. Um, so uh, the next there, uh, ODE is having a webinar series, Centering in Health Education. Uh, there's a register. There's a link for registration. Um, lots of information there, better understand the potential partnerships and planning strategies around budgeting, all of those pieces. Um, 
Webinars are Wednesdays from 3.30 to 4.30 on January 10th, 17th, February 7th, February 14th, February 28th, and March 6th. So there's um, there's quite a few of those coming up. How How's that going to intersect with what we're planning here for the uh, health adoption and seeking the teacher interest? Is there an intersection there? Or? So I, yeah, I believe so. I think, um, I mean, I think we're going to have some of our own key pieces, but ODE is going to have... Um, they just have their it's a it's a different level right mm-hmm. we're gonna dig more down into the weeds okay so we're gonna get like what a practical yeah. use practical yeah and i think okay. part of it too uh part of what we're gonna be able to discuss is um one of the big things on a lot of districts minds is opt out right, right. opting out of specific yeah, standards and there's some really great examples from a couple of different districts um our superintendent uh dr joe Morlock has um, a couple of really great examples that really break it down for parents. And so it's not, oh, I don't want any health. It's, I specifically don't want these things. And so they can kind of take a look further into there and have those pieces. Because um, I think really what is there is the fear of the unknown, right? Um, What are you teaching my kids? Um, And having those being uh, really transparent and out there, a couple of districts have done that as an example, and they've had really, um, really great, really great success with that. And so I think if we can talk about that regionally and share some of those best practices, that's going to be really powerful. So we'll do some of that as well. Um, And, uh, you know, getting teachers together so they can talk about how they're doing things and and what it what it means to them. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thanks. there is a, um, a few other things. Uh, there's a repeat, the technical changes to identifying CSI and TSI schools um, and updates to the Federal School Improvement Fund. That's a repeat, um, worth mentioning again. Um, the OAR 581-022-2220, easy for me to say, around health services Um, is important for districts to know. And this is not your health content. This is implementing the, excuse me, the retirement uh, requirements of the new uh, OAR that came out. Um, So it really, there's a tool that's in here and it uh, supports in creating the prevention oriented health services plan that every district needs to have and ensuring that all the requirements are met. So the State Board of Education adopted this in June, last June of 2023, um, and the updated rule is in effect for the 23-24 school year. Um, And it's part of your um, Division 22 annual reporting that happened in, um, uh, that will happen in November of 2024. And so there's some tools, there's an implementation tool, there's instructions. If you have further questions and there's something that we can kind of help you walk through, don't hesitate to ask questions. If we can't answer them, we can get them to the right, get you to the right person. Um, ODE is holding office hours from 3.30 to 4.30 on Monday, December 11th. Well, that one already passed. And Monday, January 8th. Um, there were a lot of emails over the break. Yeah. Um, to review that OAR and to provide an overview of the implementation tool and to answer any questions. And so that next one is this next Monday. So if you want to join that, and the information is, um, you can click on the email in the notes. Yeah, and I'm, um, I've, I've read through this and I've looked, and when I think about what districts are required to do mm-hmm. in some other areas, I see standards, I see responsiveness mm-hmm. and things like that. A lot of this is going to be, yeah. have, has already been developed 
it's just maybe listed in different areas. Right. And so I think there's a good opportunity here for districts when you see this to step back and think about where does mm-hmm. this already exist and right. pull it in. Uh, so it, it might help seem a little less overwhelming. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, one last thing that I don't have in my notes here that I'll add, um, we are coming up on our local service plan season, and so we'll be uh, reaching out to school improvement leaders to talk about some of our services. We're doing a little bit of a change up. Things may look a little different, so we'll explain that uh, in more detail. Um, and also, one of the services that we offer that many of our districts um, utilize, speaking of Division 22 standards, is a library media specialist. Now, in the standards, it says you need to consult with a library media specialist. Um, and you can either you can consult with ODE, you can use us, we do have that service, um, or you can um, use your local librarian. So one of the mm-hmm. things that I really wanna talk about is our library media specialist is very talented. Um, we're um, very fortunate to have her. Um, I'm terrified that she's going to retire on us and then we'll have to find somebody else. Uh, but a couple of things around that, she is, um, you can buy five hours, you can buy 10 hours, um, and it's she'll come in and really work with you around, um, it could be just organization of your libraries, organization of your library, of your library media programs over across the district, right? Libraries look different. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more of the media piece within that. And she's been really great um, at helping quite a few districts through that, uh, restructuring an entire library, right? Because they've done a complete overhaul, um, can help with content. So if you have classified staff who are who are um, manning your libraries mm-hmm. and taking care of them, you can, um, you can use um, her to help develop content to work with kids, uh, content for classrooms. And so uh, just as a, a little, it's quite a bit of a sales pitch, just not a little bit, um, but that is an option. And um, anywhere from you know five to 10 hours is average. We have some districts that use 80 to 100 and um, and, and it's available, so. And you're, those aren't per week, that's overall. That's overall, yeah. yeah, that's not a per week. No, that's, you would pay for that for the year and she'd come in and consult. And yeah. so um, if you have questions about that, you can reach out. Uh, it's it's a very valuable tool. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing little that. Little known, ser- well, utilized, <laughs> but somewhat little known service, so. Yeah. This was, I think this might be a record for the longest podcast. Oh, we've gone longer. Maybe it's because we didn't have a December podcast. Yeah, we had a lot to go, so. If we did have a December podcast, it was so early in the month, I don't even remember it. I don't know that we did. December got away from us. But we're really <laughs> excited to see you today, or to speak at you today, um, and really hoping that you have a fantastic new year. I know it's not a new school year, but it just feels new and fresh, and I'm really excited uh, for all of the things that are coming up this spring. Gretchen, what is your, what's your word for the, for the new year? Mm. So I'm not changing my word. Oh, cool. I have a continuous, um, and it's around authenticity. So Ooh, it's- Ooh, I like it. Yep, yep. Me being me and doing the things that I um, feel are important. Uh, for students and families and nice. for my own family. so That's great. What about you? Oh, man. I don't know if I've given this a particular amount of thought. Um, you shouldn't have asked me then. I know, right? <laughs> uh, I think family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is my word. That's a good you one. Know, immediate, extended. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, that's my word. 
Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love that. All right, um, everybody have a uh, great week. Uh, you're probably hearing this as you're coming back. Um, love on all those kids. They need it, right? They've had some time away from school. Heck yeah. Um, and they'll be excited to uh, be back um, and in their safe spaces. And so thank you for all you do. And we will see you next time. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.